body aches at bedtime, Sierra Sil is a natural mineral supplement that supports joint health, calms inflammation, and we're so sure it'll work for you as it has for me and my husband for over 10 years. It has a money-back guarantee. Go to sierrasil.com, S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L, and use the code DRIFT for 10% off. Hello, I'm Erin, and welcome to DRIFT, made possible for free for you by Kathy and Kim, my angels from Envy Pillow. Use the code word DRIFT and get 10% off anything you choose at their website. And while Envy Pillow is known for its incredible, supportive, and eco-friendly pillows, you'll also find antimicrobial copper-infused face masks, pillowcases, everything your weary head needs for a good night's sleep. I've trusted them with mine for almost two decades, and you can learn more in the morning at Envy Pillow. That's E-N-V-Y pillow.com and sleep with the best. Before we go off into our sugar plum dreams, and I'm not sure they're great after you've brushed your teeth, but they do sound yummy, a little background. As long as I've lived, I've heard the phrase, yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. And I thought it would be nice not only to share with you the story that surrounds that simple answer, but how it came to be written. And I call this sleep story quite simply, a reason to believe. Before we settle in for a different sort of sleep story, let me get us in the right place in our bed, our chair, wherever you may be stretched out trying to rest, and have you relax. First, one deep breath in, and exhale. Great. Now, feel the places we hold tension, and you can just let go. Your shoulders and your neck and your jaw, your hips and your back. Just let them go. Feel your body sinking into wherever you are resting right now. Let yourself be heavy and release the hold that we have on ourselves, often whether we even realize it. From your jaw and your eyebrows to your eyelids and even your neck. Just let them be heavy. Let them let go. And now, one more inhale. And as you exhale, think these words. I am safe. I am loved. I am at peace. And if you're ready, let's drift. Father Christmas, Père Noël, Papa Noël, Chris Kringle, Saint Nicholas. Oh, there are many names for the jolly and benevolent man in red who comes to children on the 24th of December. Countless songs and stories have been written in his honor. Of course, a cola built an entire campaign around him, and their artist's rendition of Santa Claus came to be the one that so much of the world now accepts in the 20th and 21st centuries. 
but long before our jolly old elf became a pitchman, he was, of course, the subject of children's hopes and dreams, and for one inquisitive girl named Virginia O'Hanlon, a ticket, or rather a letter, addressed to immortality. In 1897, Virginia was a child who probably had many questions if she was like most eight-year-olds. But this one was one that her parents chose not to answer. And it was, Is there a Santa Claus? Her father was a New York City police surgeon and deputy coroner. And the story goes that it was at his suggestion that she write a letter to the well-respected New York Sun newspaper for he told her that the newspaper would tell her the truth. On the centennial of its publication, one hundred years later, the now preeminent paper of record, the New York Times, wrote of that letter and its response, that its result was, quote, the world learned something about the power of journalism and of the human capacity to believe. You see, her letter became the basis of an editorial, one of several on the same page that day, as a matter of fact. What stood out about this one was the quality of its prose, the intent of its composition, and the gentle love and care that emanate from the page on which it was printed again and again. The editorial was written reluctantly by one Francis Farcellus Church. And if he had had his way, you probably wouldn't know that name. For you see, he had been a correspondent, a reporter, during the American Civil War. He had seen a lot. He was hardened and cynical. And when his editor gave him the assignment of responding to a child's letter to the newspaper, why, he bristled and wanted nothing to do with it, such sentimental softness. But he did as he was asked, in five hundred words, and finishing under deadline, we're told. And aren't we glad Mr. Church was given this assignment? For as one modern-day editor at the time so perfectly put it, what this child is doing is knocking on the door of the adult world and asking to be let in. And what this editor is doing is protecting her and his adult readers. Or as a journalism professor at the University of Arkansas put it so beautifully, had he denied Santa Claus, he might have torn down the fanciful world of many youngsters and tampered with the values and traditions many people consider important. Had he affirmed Santa Claus matter-of-factly, he would have contributed no ideas of lasting significance. What Mr. Church did was sustain a child's hope, while giving her a statement of ideals that are worthwhile for the adult. He did not simply continue a myth. He gave a reason for believing. 
the editorial, and the letter that prompted it, have lived on well past the 82-year lifespan of Miss O'Hanlon, who went on to devote her long life to being an educator, or the 67 years of Mr. Church, who died just nine years after penning this piece, who could not have imagined that over a century later it would have been translated into twenty different languages and become the subject of a cantata, films, TV shows, a Tex Ritter song, and, of course, endlessly and sometimes seemingly unending performances from school auditorium stages during holiday concerts. It has become the most reprinted editorial of all time. The letter that Ms. O'Hanlon, who lived until 1971, wrote, which we will get to, has been found in a scrapbook saved by a grandchild of hers, verified by experts, and appraised at about 50000 U.S. dollars. But really, what price can we put on a letter that spurred some of the most hopeful and uplifting pieces of recent history? At some point in our lives as parents, siblings, or grandparents, we have been asked the Santa Claus question. And although it often comes as a surprise when we're asked, we can only hope to have the grace with words that Mr. Church had himself the day he answered a letter that came in the post from Manhattan's Upper West Side. And here is what that letter, in a child's roller coaster handwriting, said. Dear Editor, I am eight years old. Some of my little friends say there is no Santa Claus. Papa says, if you see it in the sun, it's so. Please tell me the truth. Is there a Santa Claus? Virginia O'Hanlon, 115 West 95th Street. And now here is that editorial from Francis P. Church that still, over a century later, echoes like church bells on a snow-covered evening throughout the hearts of its town folk. Virginia, your little friends are wrong. They have been affected by the skepticism of a skeptical age. They do not believe, except they see. They think that nothing can be which is not comprehensible by their little minds. All minds, Virginia, whether they be men's or children's, are little. In this great universe of ours, man is a mere insect, an ant, in his intellect. As compared with the boundless world about him, as measured by the intelligence capable of grasping the whole of truth and knowledge. Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. He exists as certainly as love and generosity and devotion exist, and you know that they abound and give to your life its highest beauty and joy. Alas, 
How dreary would be the world if there were no Santa Claus. It would be as dreary as if there were no Virginias. There would be no childlike faith then, no poetry, no romance to make tolerable this existence. We should have no enjoyment except in sense and sight. The eternal light with which childhood fills the world would be extinguished. Not believe in Santa Claus. You might as well not believe in fairies. You might get your papa to hire men to watch in all the chimneys on Christmas Eve to catch Santa Claus. But even if they did not see Santa Claus coming down, what would that prove? Nobody sees Santa Claus. But that is no sign that there is no Santa Claus. The most real things in the world are those that neither children nor men can see. Did you ever see fairies dancing on the lawn? Of course not. But that's no proof that they are not there. Nobody can conceive or imagine all the wonders there are unseen and unseeable in the world. You may tear apart the baby's rattle and see what makes the noise inside, but there is a veil covering the unseen world which not the strongest man nor even the united strength of all the strongest men that ever lived could tear apart. Only faith, fancy, poetry, love, romance can push aside that curtain and view and picture the supernal beauty and glory beyond. Is it all real? Ah, Virginia, in all this world there is nothing else real and abiding. No Santa Claus, thank God. He lives, and he lives forever. A thousand years from now, Virginia, nay, ten times ten thousand years from now, he will continue to make glad the heart of childhood. And with those words, and a heart filled with the hope of a child, and the love of all the cherished memories therein, I wish you a good night. And yes, Virginia, sweet dreams.